Hey, Husky fans, welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast from Sports Illustrated Husky Maven Channel. My name is Trevor Mueller, and with me is Kayla Olin. And Kayla, we got Oregon State this week to preview, and I'm going to give you kind of first crack. The Beavers obviously went to um, USC. They hadn't won there in like some 50 years, and you just threw some amazing stats at me. So I'm going to let you talk about that 45-27 win. Yeah, it's crazy looking at some of these numbers just because you think Oregon State played the perfect game. And I know for Husky fans, maybe who were at the game, didn't really get to watch any of it. I know I really didn't get to watch much of it. So I rely a lot on, you know, some of these numbers to kind of see what went right, what went wrong. 45, 27 is huge. Especially if you kind of look at where Oregon state struggled, they had a turnover in the red zone. They had 144 yards of penalties. They had 28 red zone points. They were four for five in the red zone. They had 532 total yards. Stanford only had 431. And then if you look at rushing yards, Stanford only had 76. Oregon State had 319. Some of these numbers, if you want to look at them, I have a stat sheet with just lists of crazy things, like on third downs for their first down or their third down completions or conversions. It's, it's insane how much they rushed all over the Trojans. Like, right. it's crazy. And so Oregon State did not play a perfect game. Not at all. And that makes going into the Saturday a little bit more scary. I agree with you. And really, you think of USC, even, even through kind of the, the craziness uh, and the up and down of the Clay Helton era, they've always had a, a really good defensive line and, and, really done a good job of forcing teams to throw on them. Um, their defensive linemen, their interior, uh, it was really tough to see. I can, and I'm spacing on his name now that I mentioned it, but there was a Husky flip that uh, ended up at um, USC and he was an impact player, but it, you're right. Uh, it wasn't a perfect game. They just, they beat up on USC and, and something that you mentioned in the pregame show that I was going to put or in our pick show that I was going to push back on, but even looking at it, I, I think you're right. Is you think of USC now with Graham Harrell as a, uh, a, a, a kind of like a Mike, Mike Leach spread system, but really they ran the ball 20 times still. Um, and Oregon state was still able to stop them. So some of the woes that Oregon state has been dealing with since Jonathan Smith got there and previously of having a really, really poor defense, those things are starting to sure up. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, Oregon state comes into this three and one with their one loss, a close loss to Purdue. Purdue now is three and one with a close loss to number 12, Notre Dame and Notre Dame was dominant this weekend. So that loss is starting to look better and better. It's one uh, of so, those quality losses that yeah. fans are like, Oh, okay. You know, we're less mad about it. Exactly. Kind of how I saw somewhere on Twitter today. Montana is yeah, the number like one. Yeah. yeah. So I've seen, you know, Utah fans like, oh, it's okay. You know, and then of course, Oregon fans fire back, quote the tweet, you know, it right. starts a big long list of everything. Sure. But yeah. Oregon State's definitely taken advantage of what they have with For sure. transfer portal. And then I think another interesting thing to note that kept Washington drives alive against Cal and what was a very close loss that you and I discussed is that Oregon State did not have any conversions on penalties. Yeah, they worked for everything. And so it's kind of a, you know, how much do numbers really matter? I don't know. 
Right. And um, even in the presser today, uh, Jimmy Lake was talking about how it's, it's not Chris Peterson's offense. It's Justin Smith. Uh, I'm sorry, Jonathan Smith's offense. I, I combined, I've combined Justin Wilcox <laughs> Justin and Jonathan Wilcox. Smith into like a super coach. <laughs> um, no, the, uh, they, it's more innovative. Um, it's more aggressive uh, with a little less window dressing than, um, than Chris Peterson's it's evolved. Obviously Chris Peterson's offense is a couple of years old. Now it looked like it was starting to sputter a little bit here at Washington at the end. And Jonathan Smith has evolved it. He's taken a good thing and made it better. Um, and with that, uh, I want to focus You're you're previewing the offense. So what do you got on this group? For you want Oregon state or Washington yes. first? Cause they're both very different, which is they another- super are. Yeah another red flag. Yeah. So Oregon state, kind of, like I said, they have a lot of talent. They don't have the experience that Washington has. If you kind of want to look at veteran snap count, Mm -hmm. uh, chance Nolan quarterback, you know, he's looking great. I kind of mentioned in our pick show, nine touchdowns, only two interceptions. That's definitely not what Washington has going into that game. That one's a little scary. Only six touchdowns and five interceptions, almost being 50, 50 in a quarterback is you know, it's something you might get benched for it. Auburn benched Bo Nix for kind right. of having those exact same numbers. Yeah. What is he? Six touchdowns of five picks. Exactly. Yeah. The, the exact same. And then you also have a really good running back with BJ Baylor for 22 yards and seven mm-hmm. touchdowns being very productive on the ground, which Washington again, polar opposite mm-hmm. where they're a little bit more similar where Washington might have that edge is the receivers. Yeah. Washington's leading receiver is actually surprisingly Taj Davis. Yeah. 257 yards, only one touchdown. A lot of Washington's touchdowns have been on the ground. Right. But then you can compare to Oregon State. You have um Trevin uh Trayvon Bradford, 12 receptions, 171 yards. So Washington seems to have the edge up in the receivers, which I would agree with. That depth is great. Right. And in Washington having almost Jimmy Lake said his press conference, almost a hundred percent of the receivers are back healthy. Yeah. So that's good news, but it doesn't really take away from the Oregon defense and how good it's been through their first four games. Yeah. And I, I really looking at the run game makes me nervous. Obviously BJ Baylor, we saw him a little bit last year, but uh, obviously their, their workhorse has moved on and Baylor is, really stepped up and become, uh, you know, Oregon state always has a good running back. Um, I taxes and Oregon state's running backs, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Even through the doldrums, they, you know, I think back to some of their really tough seasons, they had Ryan Nall who ended up, uh, you know, being a a really productive running back in the pac 12. Um, I, I agree with you that, uh, chance Nolan has looked the part at Oregon state. I was really surprised Tristan Jebbia looked really bad against Washington, but through the 2020 season, he, uh, I mean, he looked like it was his team when he marched down uh, against Oregon and ended up uh, winning that game. Well, he actually, he ended up coming out of the game due to an injury, but. Um, and then Jack, they call for the backup to run it in. Yeah, Jack Coletto, who, who's, who's not only a backup, he's a linebacker. So, uh, I mean, he, and they use him on short yard situations. He scored a couple of touchdowns, uh, at least one touchdown against SC this week. Um, I quickly, because yeah. we've clearly had a few games and, seems like we've been a lot long because you kind of just 
read my mind on a question I had for you in 2020 season asterisks around it, whatever with Oregon state beating Oregon, who looks to be the favorite in the pac 12. Right. Does that make this game a little bit more nerve wracking because Oregon state has been that upset team, or is it still one of those, you know, Washington's on a nine game win streak with Oregon state. So it should be almost easy money. This is, this is the first game uh, since the start of that nine game win streak where Sarkeesian went in and absolutely blew the doors off of them in, in uh, Corvallis. 56, nothing. Was that what something crazy like that? Yeah, it was insane. Um, after uh, Oregon state went for a two point conversion to beat Washington and thank goodness they, they did not convert, but uh, then they came back. Yeah. The next year and just absolutely blew the 56, nothing or whatever it was. This is the first year where uh, you don't, uh, think about writing this in pen as a W because even last year I considered that Washington Oregon state game. I thought they were more improved, but I didn't think that they would be able to hang with Washington It ended up being a really close game. Um, I guess my, my thought of the receivers, I think the receiving core, it's a big plus for Washington. And when you talk about Taj Davis with his numbers being uh, kind of similar to Trevon Bradford's, um, his best, uh, ability is, is his, um, availability, right? He's been healthy all year. Um, you're starting to see Roma Dunes, AJ McMillan and Terrell, Terrell Bynum now with at least two games under each of their belts. I expect Washington to be able to move the ball against this Oregon state team, but that gets to my preview of the defense and this defense, like you mentioned, they're one of the better teams in the PAC 12 when it comes to run defense. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this podcast or you're watching this video, you've watched Washington try to run the ball this year and it has not been pretty. And Kayla, you mentioned in another show, uh, Washington's one of two teams that hasn't had a 20 yard run yet. That's insane. After this weekend, Washington is now the single only team. Oh my gosh. Really? Okay. Yeah. So saw that number today. I like pulled my collar away from my shirt a little bit, (laughs) a little bit more breathing room, which isn't good looking at Oregon state's average run yards allowed of only 90. Right. And that's, and that's an issue. And when you first said that 90, I was like, okay, but you got to take the USC game out because USC doesn't run the ball. And then I looked at how many attempts they had and I was like, oh, never mind. She's right. I should listen to her more. <laughs> said no, and no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but um, but w- when you look at this defense, it, it starts right up the middle and, and it, the, the two guys at the top, they really, the two guys they remind me of Arazim Victor and um, Keyshawn Bieria in their play style, the way that they, (laughs) you look at their solo tackles and their uh, assist, like tackles, uh, multiple, uh, what do you call it? They say an assist. Um, Avery Robertson. Half tackles or half tackles. Let's call it that. Yeah. So uh, Roberts has 35 and Spates has 28. And uh, Roberts and Spates are sharing 16 and 13 respectively. So half of their sacks or half of their tackles are gang tackles. So that's telling me that they're flying around up next to the line of scrimmage, stopping the run. So that makes me nervous. But what makes me even more nervous about this defense that is, is really shocking to me is the fact that they have eight interceptions on the year. That's yeah. That's a lot of interceptions. Now, there's uh, my red flag. 
that is a red flag. And of course they have one of my favorite players uh, in the country in uh, Rajon Wright, who I, did you ever watch um, last chance of you? Yes, 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 yes. Never seen the basketball one. Football so oh, the basketball one's great, but uh, Rajon Wright was uh, on the Laney college team. Uh, okay. And, yeah. And so they even had a little thing about his brother, Nation, who's now in the NFL. But, uh, you know, yeah, with the Cowboys who they chose the pick before uh, Elijah Molden went. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's really frustrating how often that seems to happen to uh, uh, our favorite teams. Uh, Seattle (laughs) has had a lot of opportunities at Huskies and their defense looks suspect for it. Buddha went what one after the Seahawks? (laughs) Uh, Kevin King did. Um, Buddha was right around there. And um, Taylor Rapp as well. And um, I think the other one, uh, Byron Murphy. Just so, can never uh, be happy. Can we? <laughs> it's it, I, that's kind of, that's kind of what I've, I've figured out. Uh, so three of their, of their eight interceptions came against USC. Uh, one of them, Jack Coletto, the, uh, the linebacker wildcat quarterback obviously had one uh, closer with time expired. And I think Julian's as well was late, but still they're turning the ball over, which is huge. So this defense is not the Oregon state defense that uh, Washington fans have seen in the past. They're better. Uh, and so that also brings some more consternation to this Washington staff. Um, so who are two key players to you that Washington needs to watch out for? I mean, I definitely kind of want to go the defensive route just because like you mentioned, Roberts and Speets. Yes. They have one of them had the fourth stumble. The other one covered it. It's right. kind of like an Edifuon and a ZTF situation where if right. one is not there, the other one is there. Mm-hmm. That's definitely one that Washington, I think, needs to be aware of in terms of the offensive side and how they want to call their plays. Yeah. However, I do really, really like BJ Baylor and Trevon Bradford, that kind of, you know, one-two punch if – someone can't get open as a receiver, you know, you have another one because BJ can definitely also catch yeah. kind of like miles Gaskin and everything. Mm-hmm. So dual threat there a little bit, which helps bail out a little bit more of an inexperienced chance Nolan. So those two BJ Baylor and Trevon Bradford, one of them is going to carry the load, right. which one is it going to be? You never know, but one of them is the leader each game. Yeah. And um, so you did two players from each side. So we're going to call that good. And, and I think that uh, you kind of nailed both of them uh, offensively and defensively. I think those are the two players on each side to watch. And uh, I guess if I was going to put some players in there as well, it would be those secondary. Um, I Because I think that based on the numbers that you've talked about, what I've seen, uh, and we'll get into this with Washington's offense, and maybe I'm stealing a little bit of your thunder here, but uh, feel Keystone, it all, it's your show. <laughs> right? So, like, you got to think that Washington has to be looking to figure out ways to move the ball through the air in high percentage situations, and maybe taking some shots and challenging this uh, secondary. What are your keys for the offense for Washington? Keys for the offense is you just need to be smarter about the ball in mm-hmm. terms of. You kind of saw Dylan Morris against Oregon State last season. If he didn't see anything, he just kind of threw it way up. There was one point where the line was just as tall as he was. It went straight up. Kind of, we've talked about that one in the review show. Yeah. And just knowing that you can run, being smart about that or doing your checkdowns. There was quite a few times you would see a receiver jumping in the middle of the field 
because he was wide open. Yeah. It's just getting your head downfield and being smarter with the ball is definitely the number one key for offense. For number two, you have to come away with points from the red zone. And I like gutsy calling in terms of going forward on fourth down, but you also need points against Oregon state on the road. Yeah. And I guess a question that I I didn't have for you uh, earlier in the show notes, but uh, you're a professional and you're going to be all right is Uh um, in those situations where a field goal is going to be 40 plus uh, where's your comfort zone on letting Peyton Henry's left foot decide those three points or trusting John Donovan's offense to get that fourth and five. It's almost a trick question because Peyton Henry after so far this season, I'm at about 35 max. Right. I know you said he missed from almost 40, 47. But, but it was pretty close on that 32. It seemed like. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of my distance there. I would honestly like to see Tim Horn give it a go. You know, one of the best kickers that he won so many awards down in Vegas when he was a senior in high school, Right. either do that. If it's fourth and long, like with like fourth and long to get a first down, if it's fourth and two go for it every time. I think I'm with you on that. I think that, um, maybe it's, maybe it's just like my, my, fear of the special teams game, the kicking game, especially where if it's outside of 35 yards, I don't feel comfortable. Um, and and we're not, we're not trying to be rude at all, but like we talked about in the review show is Cal's not going to overtime. If a Peyton Henry makes it or B Washington goes for it and gets it. Yes. I, and I, I completely agree with you. And I think that you're absolutely right. Um, on those big ones, Tim Horn's got a big leg, uh, let race Porter. Let race Porter go. Hey, for it. that's what I'm talking about. Um, any of those would be okay with me. Cause, um, I think I've seen enough of, of, um, Peyton Henry kicking long field goals to know that, uh, there's probably a more, a high percentage route another in another way. Put me um, in coach. Yeah, exactly. Um, so defensive keys, I think for Washington, oh, I switched it up on you. My bad. Um, it's okay. I'm de- ready. It's your you show. You nailed it too. <laughs> wow. I can't read. <laughs> um, so defensive keys, uh, for me, I think that it's going to have to be up the middle. I think the middle linebackers did some really good things, um, on Saturday night, but I also think that they were the ones that really, uh, were the ones that allowed Garbers to end up being able to get away, whether that's the middle linebackers, like I mentioned, also the defensive linemen, it's going to be key that when they're able to get pressure that they can get home. There were too many times where it looked like Garbers was getting touched, but it wasn't enough to bring him down. I don't think this, uh, um, help me with the name here. Almost got it. Also, while you're talking about that, I was just going to say that a pretty interesting fact while you're talking about Washington and keys for defense is Oregon state only lost two yards while running the ball. Yeah. And that's going to be a huge deal. Right. Um, and I think chance Nolan, he's not as good of a runner as, uh, chase Garbers. I actually watching him and how efficient he was. I don't know if Dorian Thompson Robinson is the runner that chase Garbers is. Um, I know that he was taken late in our, uh, pack 12, um, fantasy. I'm surprised you didn't take him first overall. (laughs) (laughs) Better than Max Borgie. Honestly. Um, Yeah. But I mean, you, you kind of got the steal, uh, with how he's been playing as of, as of late. So I think they'll be able to get to chance Nolan, which will help. 
but it's going to have to be stack the box and, and force chance Nolan to try to, you know, go after these corners in the secondary. And we saw what happens when you go after the secondary too many times, you know, Kyler Gordon, obviously the player of the game, the player of the month. Did you uh, see, he didn't even get PAC 12 defensive player of the week. I did. I did. I haven't booed that loud since the officials reviewed like the 40th play, like on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was, that was a crime. I mean, that was, that was insane. Obviously the PAC 12 official did uh, the PAC 12 uh, decision makers weren't watching the Cal Washington game. Cause he was dominant. Um, the other part of that is uh, using your enforcers that you found. Um, I would be shocked if the two starting safeties weren't Alex Cook and Cameron Williams after the displays that both of them put on this Saturday night. And I think that if you can use those guys, one as a safety blanket, one at, up at the up at the line, uh, mix in Buki in that if, if he's good to go, I think you can find some, some success there to try to mitigate this potent um, Oregon State running game. And another question that I have for you that I kind of just thought of is – you mentioned earlier, you know, Jonathan Smith and Coach Lake knowing each other pretty well, what they like to do with Oregon State running 50 times and then only passing 19. Yeah. Do you think Jimmy Lake and Bob Gregory maybe evaluate that and bring the DBs a little bit closer and not have them play so deep? Or do you think Jonathan Smith expects that? So they're going to pass it more. How do you see any adjustments being made by Washington's defense kind of going into that? I'm always going to, and Washington is always going to allow the dink and dunk underneath and they're going to allow giving up points. But what I, I honestly look so sad about that. I am. <laughs> no, no, I, I think, know. <laughs> I think this secondary is so good um, that I think that you can put them on islands and force chance Nolan to beat Washington, because I don't think that many quarterbacks in the country can beat this, uh, this secondary and whether that's Michelle Powell or, um, we get Trent McDuffie back. It doesn't matter. Uh, there's other guys that are, that can also Jacoby Covington can see the field. Um, there's other guys that are there that are really talented players that can come in and do the job as well. So, uh, I thought Michelle Powell played well enough to earn another start if McDuffie's not healthy, but he got a game ball. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and we didn't even mention Devin Cole. How dare us? That guy's the man. Um, Disgrace. Yeah. But uh, I think that I would love to see it. I would love to see them stack the box, bring an extra safety down to uh, force Oregon State to throw and live and die with these amazing corners. I do really like that. And I like your response with me putting you on the spot just because you kind of said what I was thinking. So I get to answer my own question just with a more masculine sounding voice. <laughs> we finish each other's sandwiches. Wait sandwiches. <laughs> you should have yeah, uh, let me try and finish that one. For <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you on that. Um, so with all that being said, Kayla, where are you feeling about this game? Yeah. You kind of uh, heard on the pick show that I'm not feeling too good about Washington yeah. just because I was and not to knock, you know, all of Washington, I'm not being a Fairweather fan and not being a negative Nancy, however you want to call it. I'm trying to pick as accurately to the numbers and how the season has gone thus far. And with Oregon State, just putting themselves in better situations all the time, only having two third and longs of nine yards or more, they're constantly staying in front of the chains. Yeah. 
And Washington has kind of struggled a little bit with that, along with all the other things that we've mentioned so far in this review show. I have to go Oregon State over Washington. If I was a betting man, that's not what I want. But if I was a betting man, that's kind of the way I would go. And if it works out, because I picked Arkansas State, if it works out and Washington wins, I'm definitely picking Oregon against Washington <laughs> come November 6th. So what's your what's do you have a do you have a uh, a, a score a score prediction? Yeah, I think it might be fairly high scoring. I was only off by three points with uh, the Cal and UW game. And I think that's a pretty good spread for these two teams. So I'm probably going to go the same except it's not going to be a 10 point game. I think it's probably going to be about a seven. It'd probably go 34, 27 Oregon state. Yeah. You, uh, you brought up some really good things and, and what I will say is we've seen, we've seen Washington do some pretty good offense in the last few quarters. Obviously the second half of that game was not good. And like I said, I I don't know if I blame the coaches on that. I think John Donovan, junior Adams, the offensive staff have figured some things out, especially in the passing game. Uh, I am worried about Dylan Morris and, um, some of the decisions that he made, he needs to start maturing quickly. He's not a freshman. Um, he needs to start, making, uh, some bigger throws. Yeah. I mean, he's got a, when he climbs the pocket, instead of bailing out and throwing the ball away, you know, look for those key, key receivers. I'll, I don't think I'll ever forget that Taj Davis standing there, you know, 20 feet below the ball. Um, so that's going to be important. I think, honestly, I think Dylan Morris is going to throw the ball upwards of 40 times. Uh, and some of those are going to be on those quick screens and force Oregon state to make tackles on the outside with, I mean, Tosh Davis is a big dude. Um, you can put Devin Culp out there, uh, Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan. They're playing because they block, uh, and they're playing because they're super fast. Um, you also have Terrell Bynum, who has shown that he could be a number one receiver. I think they really uh, rely heavily on the receivers to get the ball in their hands and make some yards after catch. Um, I think they'll try to stay away from they're, – they're not going to abandon the run, uh, and they're going to try to go into the teeth of that defense. Um, Is their first play a run or a pass? Uh, I think it's a short pass. I think it's a it's a little a, a screen out to Roma Dunze for a 12-yard gain. Mark it down. Um, it's recording. I see the light. All right. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I think that's how they're going to try to do it. They're going to try to open it up. Um, I think Washington is going to make some key stops to help, uh, you know, with Fatua Tuatele, Tuli Latua Gasanoa, and Sam Taimani um, in uh, just making sure that BJ Baylor does not beat them. Um, I think that I'm going to say Alex Cook is probably going to force a fumble on a reception. Um, and I think Washington ends up winning the game. Uh, I like 35, 24 Washington. So, um, (laughs) if Washington loses, I'm wrong. And I'm sad if Washington loses Kayla, you're right, but you're probably still disappointed. hundred percent. And I mean, I hope I'm wrong. You know, I hope, I hope I'm right. I hope I'm wrong overall. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> just I like seeing you so happy on Sundays when you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's really your happiness that I like care so much about. Oh, you know what? I appreciate that. And regardless, you know, you're hedging your bets, you know, regardless of what happens, you're you're happy in some way. Exactly. So. Kind, 
slightly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, that'll do it for our preview show. I'm going to be there. Kayla, are you coming? Possibly. Okay. Possibly. Well, it's maybe... 6 p.m. kickoff, so it's a little bit easier to get there after the pregame show, but. That's, ooh, that's a long drive. Yeah, <laughs> straight down <laughs> I-5. That's the good thing, right? Exactly. Did it last time, and I got there, I think, like 10 minutes before kickoff. Oh, that's awesome. Well, um, if you're there, it would be awesome to see you. And uh, any other Husky fans that are there, uh, come absolutely come and say hi. And uh, we're going to root on the dogs regardless of what happens. So for Trevor Mueller and Kayla Olin, go dogs. Go dogs.